Time to do radio, Sammy. Is that what you call it? Is that uh, is that term still accepted in 2024? Let's radio? do radio. Let's do that, do that radio. radio. Let's Here do that go. radio. At our core, that's what we are, boys. It is the real <laughs> Kipper and Bourne show. Yeah, that radio thing as well. Wherever you're catching us, on the radio, <laughs> on the television, on your pod, we are glad you are aboard. Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6, as always. Download us whenever you can't get us live, and remember to text us at 590-590. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. For the next two hours, including this first hour on our Leaf edition of our show. The Leafies keep winning, boys. It's easy. It's easy. Looked easy. No Morgan Riley. Five and oh. Yeah. Yeah. We had to answer the question on the television last night. Mm. Do you make anything of it, Sam McKee? I I do make it sucks for them because <laughs> they played against some, you know, I thought I don't think the the blues and flyers are in the same class as the coyotes and ducks in terms of crappy teams. Yeah. But I don't think the, the blues and the flyers are great either. And you have Morgan Riley coming back tonight. Starting a stretch of hockey that is Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights. And it's like very possible they go one and two or oh and three. They could go, hey, maybe they've really come together. But like, it's not going to help that said conversation you pitched towards me. Yeah, we were saying before the show, Kip, like if you look at the schedule before the season and you're in a good team, you know, like the Leafs are, whatever, you're 10th in the league, there are points in your schedule where they're scheduled streaks. You're scheduled to lose a few in a row, to win a few in a row. This They played some pretty soft teams in Riley's absence, so mm-hmm. they took advantage of it. 5-0, and oh, climbing up the standings. And Off we go. 5-0 and oh with some stability on the blue line. It wasn't that anybody stood out, like, beyond, mm-hmm. like, holy moly, where did he come from? He carried us for five games. We saw steady play out of... Benoit, who's been doing it all season long. Uh, McCabe yeah. looks fine. Brody looks comfortable on the left side since uh, he he went over there. Lilligren played well, okay? But yeah. granted, he has not had a great season. Brody and, and Lilligren were seven goals for, none against in Riley's absence. A couple, couple, really? of, couple of good wow. games. The hope is that he can continue it, but again, a rather small Sample size, but collectively, they 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 got the job done. Yeah, and, and yeah, I I feel the same way. Like they got the job done. I didn't think anyone lit the world on fire. I did think Benoit took a step back last couple of games for me. A couple of turnovers in the neutral zone where just you know instead of making a play, you know, and I know he's the guy who doesn't have to make plays, but just kind of jamming it up the the wall and a couple of turnovers. But uh, Lajoie and um, Rafai stepped in and weren't bad. They didn't do anything that made you go, oh, you can't use those guys. So. Kudos to them. So, can I just ask you simply tonight, who's Morgan Riley's partner tonight? I think mm. Jake McCabe. Did you? And McCabe had been with uh, last night Benoit. And I'm, I'm not sure I'm in such a hurry to break them up. Are you? I'm not in a hurry to break them up, but I, I Brody has looked so much better, and he had been bad. And I think keeping him on the left side is important, and Lilligren finally took a step. So Okay, so you leave them alone? Yeah. And then you slide Benoit down to the, the yeah. third pair? Well, we got and now you're back with Morgan or... and Jake? Yeah, Morgan and I, Jake. I think that 
sounds correct to me. And I think this is a good test to see how far Sheldon's come in these five games because we've been hard on him for going back to old habits dying hard. Old Sheldon, prior to these five games, TJ Brody's going right back there. Yes. Right? Like, it's immediately TJ Brody going right back on the top pair with Morgan Riley. He's going to go to that. But maybe he's shown a little bit of... He's going to, now that he's gotten contributions from McMahon and all these people from below the lineup, he's going to be like, hey, I can use guys in different spots. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. You know, what will be interesting is is to see if he uses these lessons, like you're talking about, not just on the back end, but also up front. John Tavares played third line center with Bobby McMahon and Nick Robertson last night. And I thought the best line for the Leafs last night was Bertuzzi, Domi, and Nylander. They were all over the puck, created chances. They were Feisty after whistles. Nylander went back at a guy. Did you see that? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I did. He did it. He need to give him a little. It was good. I know. Dursey, like public enemy number one. Dursey. But think about Domi and Bertuzzi on the same line is a little bit of something the Leafs haven't had. Both pests in a scrum. It was kind of delightful. Derek Englund, former captain of Vegas Golden Knights, will join us in about half an hour, and we'll get a, a, a feel for. Uh, Defending Cup champions without their captain, Mark Stone, who is now out week to week, according to the organization. Eichel's not ready to come back in, so they look like they're they're a little less um, powerful up front with those two guys out of the lineup. So outside of that, they're still facing a, a rather big, Strong defense tonight uh, yeah. in Vegas, so that that'll be a good challenge. But let's uh, let's stick to last night a little bit, JB. One quick note: Vegas is number one at defending the slot for first yeah. in the NHL. So you're right to both yeah. the defense being and, tough to penetrate. And apparently, Mark Stone is week to week with our body, body injury, and the injury is not related to his back issues from last year, according to the head coach Bruce. Cassidy. I wonder if he'll be ready to go like April nineteenth. So we'll we'll get into oh, the. Don't, don't you accuse my Golden Knights? Of that. <laughs> We'll get into the eye-rolling situation with Mark Stone a little later on the on the show. So let's just uh, let's jump right into Sheldon Keefe uh, on his on our Kippers Clippers of his uh, overall thoughts of last night's win. Get going well early in the game, take control. You know whether it's a huge goal from McMahon to get us going, and then our power play taking advantage of their opportunities. You know, and then gets. <clears throat> Gets a little hairy there in the second period. Right? I think they they get two, but I did like how we managed it. Um, don't like obviously they get the third goal there at the end of the second period, but uh, uh, I thought by and large we managed it well from <clears throat> basically from the point of, of the of the time they scored the second goal. I thought we did a pretty good job of it. It was a really good third period, really clean third period. Obviously Willie scoring coming out of the box helped a great deal, but. But uh, I thought the guys managed the third period very well. You had on uh, TV last night highlighted, you know, Sheldon was a little panicky and yappy at one point uh, in the intermission. That's on you. Yeah. That's effing on you. (laughs) But since after the timeout, they did settle down. On a side note, uh, if I'm... Tree Living or, or Brendan Shanahan, I, I, I got to keep reminding him, you're doing yourself and our hockey club no favors. Yeah. You're not going to win those type of arguments with him. You're just going to create animosity mm-hmm. towards the officials. Yeah. 
especially for me in a game like that where you know you're the better team. Completely. You're up 3 nothing. Okay. What is the big deal? Like you need Roll you, you, you need calls that badly against that team on this particular night that I I I don't have so much confidence in my team that you could screw me over a call here and there and it doesn't matter because my team's that much better than yours and we will just overcome it. Yeah. That's my attitude towards, that's the attitude I want Sheldon to have. Yeah. Not to pat myself on the back, Kip, but after the first period, um, you know, I said to you you, that like they were going to score more, the Leafs, but Arizona was going to get three. You know, one of those games where the Leafs, it once they get up and it looks like it's going to be easy yeah. and comfortable, you know they're going to take their foot off the gas. They came out for that second period being like, all right, run time. We're just going to run the clock. <laughs> yeah. Then Arizona shot a couple in the net, and they're like, ah. Oh, has Sheldon? We're going to have to play again. Because you've known Sheldon forever, and you're with him in the minors, and you've seen a lot of his. Has he always been this hard on the officials? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. it, oh, no, really, it really feels like it's. Over the past, month, I don't know. It just he it always it's Nick Nurse esque. It flashes like, to him, and it's just he's always all over them. They're always at the bottom of the penalty call table, right? Yeah. They, they don't get the calls. And to your point, you're not going to win the argument. You're also not going to yeah. win their affection. I don't know where he would rank in terms of the whole league mm. because we don't watch other coaches' reactions as closely we as we watch them. Sheldon's. Paul yeah. But. He's it's just giving a he's top that, eh? he's <laughs> he's top three for sure in my God. eyes on on officials who just have no time for Sheldon. He can be like sarcastic and dismissive, and you know it's it's all stuff that like we all talk like that, but you, you got to manage the referees yeah. a little bit better than he has. All right, we've gone ten minutes, not even mentioning Austin Matthews. What he do? Uh, became the second player in team history to score 50 goals in a season. Multiple and times, <laughs> no slowing down, apparently. Especially with uh, number 16. There just seems to be a connection now that uh, might, might be head and shoulders above anything that's out there right now. Dreisaitl and like McDavid, yeah. Rantanen and McKinnon, but... They're right there with those guys. Oh absolutely. no, they're yeah. they're well currently better. They're they're at the top. They're the one for sure. Um, most multi-goal games in a season in Leafs history. Austin Matthews is number one with fifteen this year. He did it two years ago as well with fifteen, and Vive did it uh, about twenty years ago. Exactly twenty years. So no, forty yeah. years ago. Forty years ago. My yeah. bad. Uh, Not good at math. I did today. <laughs> good math. I did today. Right. Uh, uh, my Toronto Star article, you can catch it uh, on my uh, my ex account or my former uh, Twitter account at Real Kipper. And just basically drawing a, a comparison. And the, the comparison that stuck out to me last night was going into the game that they played the same amount of games as, as Toronto careers. Maple Leafs, yeah. 534. Uh, and I thought that was kind of unique. Uh, but then there was some some other you know, comparisons, and that is that putting the puck at a, a at a greater rate than any other players in history for, for, for goal scoring. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Austin, in many ways, is still challenging to, to take that success and, and turn it into playoff success. And unfortunately for Rick Vive, he, he, didn't, he didn't have that in his era. But Were those uh, Vive teams? So I don't know how many yeah. times he went to the playoffs with, I think with a couple. his teams. Yeah. yeah, a couple. Um, were they good teams? 
Uh, I think the years, two two years, I think for sure that I can remember that he had over uh, 50 goals that they were under 500 yeah. uh, during the regular season. Under so 500, yeah. Probably the answer is not really. Yeah. It's funny, right? Because you look back at the early going with Matthews when it wasn't really, I shouldn't say it wasn't really his team. He was a huge part of it too. But when you felt like Kadri and JVR and yeah. Bozak and those guys, yeah. you know, in the early going, yeah. You're the underdogs against the Bruins. You win, you lose those years, and it's like, okay, learning lessons. And really, you know, the lack of success comes down to the few years where you puke it away to Columbus. You puke it away to Montreal. Yeah. Like those years, maybe now he's a different player, and 100%. maybe Marner's a different player, and they were awesome, uh, you know, last year in the first round and, and get a playoff win and all that. But, yeah, you can't go back and fix those. So now it's a matter of you're going to have to have success in tougher circumstances than those yeah. years were. Like, you can – if you win those two series against Columbus and then whatever happens after that and the Habs series, whatever happens after that, you can look back on the first three and be like, okay, those are their times that they yeah. won, right? And it's like they may be going runs. Right. Like especially – I mean, we don't, I don't, didn't want to do this today, but the COVID one against the Habs – is the all-time what-if. Tavares is Chernak, right? right you know, yeah. last year where it's like you're you're missing a key guy right yeah. from the start, and it's probably but the they, difference in a I series. Mean, they had a 3-1 lead in that series without him. Yes. So, yeah. So, you know, they, they get past him, and they have that Jets team who they own the whole year, and then beyond that, like, that's the greatest what-if to me. But you're right, and it's hard for me as a fan to not measure, especially at this point of Matthew's career, to not measure the lack of playoff success versus what I'm watching in the regular season. And we're going to have Mike Kelly on to talk about the MVP stuff later. And I think of that as a, playing into it a lot with Leaf fans and their trepidation to say MVP and MVP because it's like there hasn't been that big playoff run moment sort of thing that you're weighing it against. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. Like, I enjoy watching it every night. I really love it. Yeah. But it's little birdie but, is always in the back of my mind. But if he does not find himself in a conference final or a Stanley Cup final in the next few years... Mm-hmm. And we are having this conversation 15 or 20 years from now. That's, yeah, it's Charles that's, Barkley. That's, it's, it becomes part of your legacy it for is, sure. It, it's almost sentence. worse. It's The MVPs and the, and the records for 60 or 70 goals are almost worse when you try to put it into a, a, a where does he truly rank mm-hmm. uh, amongst Maple Leaf players. Like, can you, can you still score? win multiple MVPs and have 70 goal seasons and still be uh, considered one of the greatest Leafs of all time. If you've never seen the light of day past uh, a quarterfinal. Easy answer is if you pulled your weight or not, you know, like if he goes into these playoff series and you know, he gets a goal in seven games and they lose in seven games, then no, you can't hold your head up, you know, but if he, if he scores six times and they lose in game seven, it's different, right? Sure. You know, yeah. like it's a totally different how did you play and versus the rest of your team. So, yeah, it's it's big. Definitely legacy stuff. It's an, I think he's at a point in his career where we've gone from will he be the guy in the NHL that he was on the way up where it's like number one overall pick, superstar, can he make yeah. it? You know, DA's on the panel talking about, you know, uh, you know Gretzky's goal record with Matthews now. Oh, boy. I know. DA, just I know. can't wait. Oh, he's old news yeah, now, yeah, eh? Yeah. But, but the point is, like, we've reached the point where, okay, he's going to be in the NHL Hall of Fame. Yeah. He is one of the, going to be one of the all-time games great. And now we're yeah. changing it to where can he get yeah. legacy-wise. Like there, there are – I believe there's a, a, a strong 
base of the fans that are going, well, if you can score now, you can score in April and May. We expect this when it counts against Florida. Of course. And, so why wouldn't you? And, and nothing, nothing less, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, as well as anyone, it is a different environment, but you are expected to deal with a different environment. Oh, That's your role. A very, it's, it's harder. Yeah. But you mentioned the, like the, the echelon that people talk about Matthews in. And, you know, you think of him in the similar to McDavid, not better, but like in that echelon of, of player, think of McKinnon, you think of all these guys, you think of Kucherov, you know, these guys eventually get one, right? Like you think about like the greats and yeah. the, if you're talking about him as an all-time great, it usually eventually happens. But, but you know what? But the difference is he wears that sweater. <laughs> and it's like, no, th- that's, that's, that's the, the one. I think I honestly think that's part of it where it's the, like people are not willing to say that because of that and the early playoff failures yeah. in his career. But like if you're a Leaf fan that's holding out hope, the all-time greats usually end up getting one. I say that all the time and I do believe it, but it has changed because there's 32 yeah, teams. There's too many teams. Right. You know, when there was 20 teams and you were the best player in the NHL or one of the five best players, you were going to be on a team that was going to have a chance every year. You know, it's yeah. not guaranteed. It's just not when there's this many teams. It's, there's going to be more guys, and I said this on the show before, last year's Hall of Fame induction is Sedin, Sedin, mm-hmm. Alfredson, Luongo. Mm. No cups yeah. between all of them. Like, yeah. it's going to be more common for these guys that said, those guys still had a Stanley Cup run, a deep run, you know, Joe Thornton included. Yeah. I'll tell you what I liked a lot last night was watching Austin Matthews have all but, what, three and a half, four minutes in the third period. I don't think he had a shift in the last six yeah. minutes. Here's a guy that everybody's getting excited about. Can he hit 70? Free Can he hit 75? Yeah. Uh could have easily been a situation where Sheldon put him out there to finish a hat trick. Chase it. Chase it. Didn't do it. Yeah. And that, to me, tells me Sheldon and the team have a, a feel that the next 27 games here isn't about just 34 here. I've got to get yeah. others involved here. And I hope that continues here. Two things I want to mention. One of them... Um, Let's talk about Marner next because, yeah. you know, he certainly deserves that air as well. But, Sammy, um, you know, you, you had some stuff today before the show, so you weren't there. Sammy and I had a brief conversation about Tavares. Oh, you guys yeah, talked right. before the show without me? We did. Well, we did I give you permission for that? <laughs> well, here's the thing. That we ever talked before I mean, the show was... We t- I mean, we talked about everything but hockey before the show. <laughs> but we did <laughs> mention how it feels like Sheldon Keefe, whether it came from Shanahan and Tree Living or just Sheldon's decision... It feels like they've talked to John Tavares and been like, your role is going to be a little different. He is playing third-line center yeah. a couple games in a row. He is not on the first power play unit as a given. Yeah. Bertuzzi's gotten some looks. You know, he scores last night, has some some pep in his step. It feels like it, they would have had to have had a conversation with him. Without a doubt. There's no way you just do that. No. And he just, no, they, you know, just sees the lineup one day and carry on. They're trying to turn him into a checker. A checker? Yeah. Yeah, no question that go out there and don't cheat for your offense. That's what was told. Really? Yep. I like this. Yeah. I like this. And it's okay. Yeah. We don't care. He's going to finish. He's going to get chances. 
points, 70 points, 80 points. We don't want you any longer to feel like you have to drive the offense like you did for 10 consecutive years in the island and the last five in Toronto. We need a centerman that we can put on the ice in big moments and win draws and play good lines. Stay on the right side of the puck. Yeah. Don't turn it over. It's going to lead to and offense for him. And, and if you do get a, a goal here or two, great. But don't feel like you have to be that guy still. You know what's fascinating is like he just gets his shots from such a dangerous part of the ice. He'll still get them. He can it, still shoot the puck. If he does this. Uh, inner slot shots in the NHL, just the total inner slot shots. The top five right now is Zach Hyman, John Tavares, uh, Eric Sinek, Austin Matthews, Anders Lee. And then there's guys like Point and Kachuk and both Kachuks. You know, like... All the Kachuks. All the Kachuks. Um, so, like, he's still... He, he's in that group of guys who gets pucks there. Yeah. Uh, and he will, even if he decides to check. So, yeah, he's playing with Bobby McMahon and Nick Robertson. Fascinating yeah. combination for him. Boy. Uh, Mitch Martin. The one thing I will say to you guys is that's that old Mike Tyson line where it sounds good until you get punched in the nose. Yeah. So, where is... Sheldon, and where is JT? If you happen to be down to nothing, three one four one, and you need offense now, do, do you resort resort back to Austin and Mitch every other shift? Do you push John back out there? Is John on the first unit on a power play? Yeah. His factory like, settings are right? offense. He his default <laughs> settings yeah. is that yes. way. All you know? yes. is power on, power back <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. He's back be to going the old guy. <laughs> but. 27 games is a lot here uh, moving forward. And I, I got to think with, with, with John continuing to have this different look, um, they're probably shopping for another centerman. Hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he scored his first goal, first five-on-five goals from, uh, since December 23rd. Tomorrow's February 23rd, yeah. by the way. Yeah. I thought it was February 11th. Oh, sorry, December 11th. Or maybe first even strength or five on five. Yeah, there there is some difference whether it's Anyways, even strength or whatever. It's but it was been a couple of months. The game where he got his thousandth point was his last five on five yeah. goal. And I know it's That's early, but time. so far it, it it doesn't look like John. Uh, it, the body language on John has been good so good. far, right? I, I, Captainly I him, even. Uh, a couple times last night, I think he came on with the last 20 or 30 seconds of the power play, and he, to, he me, to me, he got shot out of a cannon. He looked like he had good jump. It looked like he was, he knew that uh, he didn't have a full two minutes anymore, and there was a sense of urgency. So, you know, so far, it's not like he's not taking it well. Right. I feel bad because I asked for the two units, but it's like, John Tavares might be better there than Bertuzzi. No, I mean well, he may be better there than I think, Bertuzzi. I think but... it's like I think I think Tavares got a little better in offensive instincts. Sure, and I, I haven't loved yeah. Bertuzzi up there. I know they've been scoring, but it's mostly just on the back of Matthews firing it in the net. But it's like, yeah, when push comes to shove, ninety-one's on the top unit in the playoffs. I think absolutely. If it's game seven, you yeah. need one. He's the guy who's there. Oh, game one, he's there. Yeah, good point. Last night we had a, a, a little bit of a, a segment on our on our panel. Uh, leaf panel that said biggest surprises and i had bertuzzi i mean as a as a surprise of of the lack of offense and it's a clever twist you know questions yes (laughs) well that's what i do right everybody and you've mentioned this at times is like 
it's okay. He'll score in the playoffs or he'll he'll get hot at the right time. Do you, do you really feel like that still has a chance here with him? I do. Am I you naive? do. I do. I believe. Because I don't. Ooh, that hurt to Yeah, hear. I don't. And I don't know what it is. And someone says, like, why? And the only thing I can come up with is for whatever reason, it, he's just not a good fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It Whoa. Just, he's just not. It, you don't or, or think his, so? His style of play or his, there's just something. He yeah. doesn't fit on this team. Maybe he hasn't fit with line mates He's never yet. gelled with anyone. No. So, there has been chemistry. But he does pass it well, which is baffling. He, he's made, he sets guys up. And he wins pucks. Really? Yes. I think he's a good passer. And, that, and so, so they've just... They've just been really bad at finishing his plays or else he'd be well, have 55 points, 60 points this now. This is where it's baffling because the analytics, which, you know, sometimes they get it wrong, but often it usually corrects itself. He still drives the play so you, in the right direction. Okay, so maybe from 60 to 84, it could correct itself. Maybe. So I believe it could. What I, just, you, what, what I, you, I don't know. I don't know if it's just he's too mucky and grindy for the Leafs. They're still too highly skilled uh, like in the offensive zone, but there's nothing meshing every time he's on the ice. It just seems to stall. It seems like he's using a wrong-handed stick. Put some tape on he the top. Really, they, what bothers me about the one strip of tape or whatever <laughs> is that it's a material performance thing now. Yeah. It's where it's like, you know, in terms of cradling and catching puck, yeah. pucks and putting spin on yeah. it. Like, you it know, helps. It helps. There's, There's a, reason. a reason every other guy <laughs> in the league does it. You know? <laughs> like, it's not, it's it, not it, a style it, thing. It worked for the Bruins in the first round when he had yeah. 10 points, didn't it? But the, the point he's trying to make, and this is what drives me nuts about Bertuzzi, is like, ah, it doesn't matter. I could do it with a shovel. You know, just give me the tool and I'll whack it in the net. And it's like, there's a little bit more to it. But we're this. giving you like, a shovel and you're not doing it. Right. He so maybe sc- tape it now. Tape the shovel. He couldn't score with a bazooka. <laughs> yeah, it's just been frustrating. We need to give Marner some due before we get to oh, guess. Yeah. Yes. Uh, 13 assists over the last five games. Five multi-point games, which ties a Toronto Maple Leafs record for consecutive multi-assist games. I think it's Borea Solomon he tied. Pretty well-known player. Not bad. The assist he makes on the Nylander goal is creating a goal out of thin air. Mm -hmm. The pass he makes to TJ Brody, some people might think showboaty hot dog. It's not. That's the best way to get the blade at that angle from the angle he's going. It's a just an unbelievable play. The vision, the confidence to make it. Just elite vision. His his subtle passes do not get the credit they deserve. No. Yeah, like, no, I mean, he, there's a reason he has a million assists every year, right? He makes a ton of great little plays that you don't notice. Even the separation to win that puck yeah. is something Marner does better than people think like in terms of creating and pucks for his team. Outside of the points with him, when it's going like this, he just affects the game so much. Just his energy and his decisiveness mm-hmm. and, like, his reads. He's great on the penalty kill. Like, everything he does for you when he's going well like the this engine. is amazing. And the, the problem, like, when he's not on, which, I mean, he was had a tough start to the year. You don't notice him as much, and you kind of get down on him. But then you remember, you're like, oh, it's these stretches that yeah. you, you live for. Yeah, and but what kills me is, like, he is, you know, we're, we're all over Matthews about team success in the playoffs. And when Marner is going, he brings the game to his level, right? Like, everything was stops, his and everyone his speed, and everyone watches him, and he just, like, 
and there's a pace of the game where it's almost like it it changes and it's like too frantic or something like that. And I think he's capable of bringing playoff hockey to his speed. I think he's capable of making people do this mm-hmm. all year round. Um, but you, cause you can see it's there. You can see he's able to do it. We got uh, Mike Kelly in the second hour, hockey analytic uh, guy. He's going to talk to us a little bit about MVP. So we're obviously going to have Austin Matthews in that conversation. But last night, we also talked about Austin, and, and we'll lump Mitch in here too. Uh, 24.7 of the goals are scored by Austin. Isn't it higher than that? No, I think it was 24%. Okay. And no, it, was, it was higher than that. I think, I think it's 25 or 26%. Oh, now. maybe. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I don't know about 26. It was 25 point something. 25.7 yeah. or something. Yeah, I don't that know. sounds right. Whatever it is, it's ridiculous. It's a quarter of their goals. It's a quarter of the goals. Mm. And like the number's too high. It's just crazy. Of course it and is. And all it's just telling the whole league, and especially the Florida Panthers, if if and when they play them, yeah. is shut down these two guys and it's over for the Leafs. I know you can't put a bounty on a man's head. As Joe McGrath once said, well, you're all, we're all going to end up in the clinker for this. You can't, can't do it. But if you're playing the Leafs, you say, game one and two, we're going to chop them down like Christmas trees. Yeah, you're all over them. Yeah. Yes. And they're screwed. Yeah, and then people go, ah, these guys can't perform in the playoffs. And they're pointing at the rest of the team. They go, if we had someone else, it would yeah, be really helpful. What team can perform in the playoffs is their two best players are hurt. It definitely takes away. Yes. Your, yeah, but I mean, that is the game hey. plan for... Every every playoff, team. I wanted to play this way, but, but, but nobody, but but other teams it's don't have to have twenty five percent. Correct. Um, the last clip I wanted to play because we didn't really play many clips, but the the clip Keith clip five about how the group rallied during this thing talks about Morgan Riley a lot. It's a great clip. It's one of the better Kippers Clippers that we've had all year. So I want to play it for you guys before we go to break. Let's do it. You know, I think the group has really rallied here. You know. Um, since, since Morgan's left the lineup in particular, and, and it was obviously not Morgan leaving the lineup so much as that incident and how it all played out. And, and uh, Morgan, in essence, you know, uh, defending the pride of the group and, and the pride of the logo and all those kind of things. And, um, I mean, this team means so much to Morgan Riley, and, and in that moment he shows you uh, how much he cares about our team and what we're doing. Uh, so we, we didn't love the fact that he um, was going to get held accountable to it. Um, not, not nothing to do with the suspension or anything like that, but just, you know, like he means so much to our team and he's a long-standing Leaf and all those kind of things you can see in that moment. So if anything, I thought it was a real wake-up call for our team to, to get real serious about winning and taking care of games and rallying around the moment. And the guys, to me, have uh, very much done that. And, uh, you know, it's a good chance for us to continue to build upon here now and welcoming Morgan back. What? Oh, I'm just saying, that was my article last week. It was, <laughs> no, like, right after you, the Monday after that happened, your take was, like, he's got to be trying to fire these guys up. And you it know, worked. The Sens may have provided the Leafs with a moment. It, 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 it kind of when they the championship DVD. <laughs> yeah. We'll look back on him burying Ridley Gregg into the boards. That's the cover. It it does bother me though when I hear people say there is no correlation that that just that's just stupid talk. Oh, that's that, insane. 
It, it's especially no correlation between the wins. No, Morgan doing that, and the rest of the year. you know, did he need to do that? Yes. Right. God, if he goes didn't in there and hugs him, didn't or not? It's just people don't want to associate uh, that incident with rallying the troops or don't want you know, that to be a or positive the pride, a of violence or having to be a, pride yeah. into like you know stepping up in that moment. Yeah. And I'm like. Yeah, it does. And I've said it for a long time. And then now Sheldon, who's living it now, right? Yeah. Living it. He's the one that is is facing every day of the guys. And he's saying it. How how can people not understand the the emotional yeah. aspect of what Morgan did? Is part of it for Sheldon, though, trying to connect that story for the rest of the Leafs to convince them that that's what it was. You know what I mean? That's, that's, what, that's the talk I hate right there. But no, no, listen. Because <laughs> part of it is, as in psychology, we are really good at creating stories. The Leafs win five games against crappy teams after a cross-check to the face, and we go, oh, it galvanized them. And, uh, you know, is it not mm. Sheldon going, boys, this was it. This was our moment. And you're trying to foster that belief as the coach? Yes. Uh, well, it, maybe maybe it yeah. is because there's still some guys that he thinks he needs to get through. Yeah. And maybe his lineup has been raised in a different manner. Yeah. And, you know, the one thing that I do worry about this team is how emotionally invested they are mm. at times over the course of even the regular season or especially in the playoffs. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it is just Sheldon every once in a while nudging them, going, "Hey, hey remember, like th- this is what yeah. this is the emotion that we need." And when we face Florida and they're rubbing your face into the glass, this is kind of helps, yeah. right? It yeah. kind of helps. Yeah, yeah. We should so, go. We should go. Okay, we'll take a quick break here, and when we return, former captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, Derek England. What's he up to these days? Everything Vegas, man. Doing stuff with their alumni. All right. Should we grill him on um, some kind of interesting decisions by the team? With Mark Stone Are you going on long term, captain is not hurt. I'm not going to suggest anything. I'm just going to ask him <laughs> um, what's up with Mark Stone, and will this open up the salary cap to go make another right. trade? Is that a fair question? It's a fair one. I think so. Maybe. All right, we'll ask Derek if it's a fair <laughs> one after the break. More real Kipper and Board after these words. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tonight in Vegas is the first of two meetings between the Golden Knights and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Next week, they'll complete the home-and-home home. next Tuesday. For now, we welcome in Derek Englund, former captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Derek, how are you? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing good. How about you guys? Yeah, we're good. We're hanging in. Um, just uh, want to get your thoughts uh, overall in terms of coming off of a Stanley Cup championship and, and where Vegas, you think, is in, in defending that. We know how difficult it is to win back-to-back, especially in a salary cap era. 
how uh, how has Vegas uh, held up so far in your eyes? Uh, you know, the start of the season, I think, uh, was surprising to everyone come out as uh, as strong as they did. But, uh, you, you know, you got to get as many wins as you can. And they had a little lull in, uh, you know, late November, uh, early December. Um, they've kind of raided their ship until, you know, lost three of the last four. But uh, a lot of injuries adding up right now. It's been nice to have a uh, little bit of a break in the schedule uh, with uh, All-Star uh, week and then uh, only three games and I think they had three games in 20 days or something before the last couple so um, hopefully you get some guys back and some good news and uh, keep moving forward for the push here one of the guys that it doesn't sound like they're going to have back is Mark Stone um, you know every fan base right now is mad at Vegas thinking they're going to keep him out till playoffs and use that salary cap space where is the stone injury and what does that mean for the Knights as they head towards the deadline make decisions yeah, it's uh, you know it's a blow blow to the team. Uh, yeah. He's such a good leader. Uh, you know, two hundred foot game, uh, all situations, and um, you know, just even just the you know his goal celebration just up everyone on the on on the team. So it's a big loss to them. Um, obviously, I don't know what uh, what's going on with him, but uh, you know, you never want to lose a guy like that. And I'm, I'm sure once they see what's wrong and uh, go into the trade deadline. That's going to play a big factor in what they're going to do. So who, who steps up up front? Uh, we know, I think Marcia. So might be a game time decision if I'm not mistaken, but you know, Stevenson's been a guy that I don't know if we ever looked at uh, in his Washington capital days, uh, thinking he was a, a frontline player, mm-hmm. but man, oh man, every time I watch uh, Vegas, he's uh, one of the best players on the ice. Where's his game right now And in terms of leading this club without a guy like Stone? Yeah, when you have, you know, Stone and Eichel both out, um, you're going to look towards those guys, Steve-O. You know, he's had an up-and-down year, I think, uh, probably not where he wants to be, but uh, this is a perfect time for him to step up and take the reins and, and, and be that... Uh, you know that number one centerman uh, that uh, that he can be. He's so gifted, uh, such a good skater, uh, so strong on the puck. So, you know, you're gonna look towards him, Marchie, like you said, Carlson, um, and then you gotta hope uh, some of the young guys that are getting that shot uh, to show what they have. They gotta step up and um, seize the opportunity that they're given. Um, you know, if they they start on whatever line, but they gotta. They got to push those spots and and hopefully uh, can contribute to, you know, losing those big name guys. Uh, It's not uh, one guy stepping up. It's uh, a collective uh, whole group of uh, forwards that have to step up and uh, replace those guys. And, uh, you know, getting Theodore back in in his uh, next second game um, is going to be huge. You know, I'm I'm sure he's... uh, Got the cobwebs off after last game a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he missed a lot of time. So uh, him being back there uh, adds a lot to the offense and uh, the decor too. So what do you think as they head towards the deadline? Like, are they where they want to be? Do you think, you know, just going through their stats, it seems like maybe they could uh, use a little bit more offense. Do you think that this is a team that's going to be looking to make some big additions here in the coming weeks? Oh, yeah. They uh, always seem to surprise you with yeah. uh, what they pull off. So uh, nothing's uh, nothing's um, too far fetched here. I'm sure they're going to do whatever they can to uh, make another run and and repeat. So um, you know, I, I haven't uh, haven't heard anything yet. They usually keep things pretty quiet. Uh, 
you know, you don't read about much with them, but uh, they always pull something off that's uh, big, that's a big uh, help to the team. I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a pretty hot score coming into Vegas tonight um, in the likes of Austin Matthews and, and Mitch Marner. Now, if there's one blue line, Derek, I think that might be up for a challenge right now to shut these two guys down. It, it would be the one in Vegas. Besides the obvious, uh, they're big and they're strong. W- what is it that makes this uh, this this blue line uh stand out amongst most well i think you know obviously you got a top top guy like petrangelo theodore um you know your third 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 pairing white cloud and the hag uh you know when guys are out they play second uh second pairing minutes and, and they have no problem with that so they're definitely deep um i don't think they're worried about who's out on the ice against watch or who and um, they're going to have their hands full with uh, Toronto tonight, but um, you know, obviously, you want Petro or uh, and Martinez out there against those top guys at key times. But um, you know, with those uh, big guys out up front, you're going to look towards the, the decor to uh, chip in and, and shut down. So um, with them uh, trying to shut down those guys, they're going to need uh, also a big game out of Hill tonight. Yeah, last one for me, just on the goaltending there. And uh, Aiden Hill is, we talk about the Four Nations face-off and everyone's like, who's going to play goal for Canada? This guy's name is kind of on like the periphery of that conversation. Tell us about what he, where you think his value is compared to like the public perception of him as a goalie. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've I've met him briefly here and there, but uh, I've heard nothing but good things, how good of a teammate he is. on and off the ice, uh, just a low key guy, down to earth guy. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, stepped in, in a tough situation last year, uh, when, Bers- um, Laurent Brisson uh, went down and, and played out outstanding, uh, you know, got, uh, reward with a nice contract two year contract. And, uh, he's come in at the beginning of the year, you know, you look at those first 10 games that they won. He was a big part of that. It, you know, he made, uh, a lot of big saves kept them in games when they probably shouldn't have uh, uh, won. So he's, uh, you know, stepped up uh, this year. It was a big question mark uh, if he can perform like he did in the playoffs. And I think he has and, and exceeded that uh, all year. You know, if he uh, can st- stays healthy, uh, you know, he's going to be right in that talk for Team Canada for sure. Derek, really appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, and thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, Derek thank you. England, Appreciate it. Former captain of Vegas Golden Knights. You know what I was wondering? Mm. He has an active ceiling fan going behind him, mm. but it's in a room that is outdoors. Buddy, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> what is the what is the temperature like, in Vegas right I, now? That's what I if 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 I would have noticed him sweating, I think I would have cut the interview <laughs> cut the, right there. Derek, I, I don't need to see you sweating in eighty four degree weather. He's got a weather. nice tan. What is the weather? What are you just? Are we cutting in on your tea time? <laughs> it's yeah. It's currently seventeen degrees Celsius. So I, yeah, it's just about room temperature out there. So no clouds. Having recently been to Vegas yeah. for a Vegas Golden Knights game, my Knights, as you know, tough one for you. Yes, my two yes. favorite teams went up against each other. Yeah, I was there for the Penguins, which has a very passionate fan base, tons of Yinzers, as they say, the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh sports fans. Yep. I would love to see what it's like for a Leafs night because you're going to have all the people on trips going down there for the game. People like 
I would imagine it would be an electric, yeah, an electric uh, atmosphere there tonight. So it's gonna be good. I don't know if you said this on air or you said it off air, but uh, you're not seeing a Leaf win tonight, are you? Yeah, I, I don't. I really don't feel like tonight is a, a great night for them. So, uh, I'm I, hoping. How about mm. this? I don't usually say this, mm. but I'm really hoping for a a measuring stick game for the Leafs tonight because I think that if they can find a way to win and have a good look, and it will take a good look. I'm looking at this blue line going, who's penetrating through this blue line tonight? Bud, you know I love you. But if they win tonight, you're going to come in here and go, they didn't have Stone. They didn't have Ike. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. Not not against this blue line. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, boys, I'm tripling down on they have to go for it yeah. right now. The D. And we had a little bit of this oh. conversation. Oh, did we? That, that I don't know. You tell me. You gave me updates would on you, how many would people. Would you trade a top prospect for? <laughs> if, if they find Relax, a way. everyone. If they find a way to have a very good showing tonight, yeah. it will suck in all the doubters to say, Okay, maybe they're better and closer than we think. Yeah, tonight we, is a type of game mm-hmm. that can do that. No, Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Theodore, Hag, White Cloud, Stanley Cup winning yeah. decor, all six in tonight. So you mentioned that conversation yeah. we had yesterday about Easton Cowan. Uh, just looking at it now, update two hundred and eighty thousand views on X, and all of them say no, don't trade him. Yeah, pretty, all, pretty much ninety no. percent. Uh, Here is what I. I don't know. I do. I know my Leafs nation, or do I, know, I know my Leafs nation? Exposed nerve. You the saw second it. Second, you bought that up. I was like, oh boy, this it's is so not funny going though. Like well. Minton, no one would flinch when we mentioned him. Like no Nyes, I, I think people don't want to trade him, but listen, Cowan is already I, embedded I don't himself know, in the I, psyche. I, I don't know what it would take, but if it's one of those where I think I can get two or three pieces that can help me win now then I'm telling you they need to consider trading this kid. Yes. So you're on board with that, are you but not? If, so if you so think if you can get maybe better. Not, maybe not for Lawson Krauss. wouldn't say he was no, Mr. Active No, no, last no, night. no, no. This, it was never. <laughs> he played? Listen, yeah. it was never. This is, this is the idiots on the internet. Right. It was never about Cowan and, and Kraus. It was, it was Cowan and a first for, say, Kraus. Uh, Jack McBain, Josh Brown. You're talking about a big yes. blockbuster. Yes. But, yeah. And uh, to okay. me, it's but about it, the idea it's, it's of trading around him. Yeah. Of trading someone yes. you really like to get better today and next like, year and the next at, year. At the end of the day, you three, four years. You, you, you can't you can't snap your fingers and and get big. It just mm. just doesn't happen without paying a, a price here. You like need Jack McBain. You like McBain, to go, eh? to go up against the Sam Bennett's of the world and, you know, the guys that can piss you off, the, the Kachuks of the world. I mm. need to get bigger. Yeah. I'm telling you that in the next year or, or two, it's coming through Florida right now. Yeah. So get bigger. Cowan can help you get bigger up front. He can help you get bigger on the back end. And let's see how they measure up against Vegas tonight. Yeah. But, yeah, they were – people like Easton Cowan. I, I think it comes down to – like, I, I don't know if I mentioned this yesterday here. I don't know where I mentioned it. But 
it's just the Leafs haven't had a top prospect in a while. Yeah. Outside the core four, right? right? Where it's like, yeah. pro- like well, look nice at had a, yeah, but yeah. it's and what, that's what happens when but, you go for it. That's what I mean. Okay. Oh, I I am fully on board here. You can't go for it in the last two years, maybe three, and then bail now. Just middle it, become the Minnesota Wild, losing the first round, pick 15th, whatever, 20, right? 22nd. You made the bed. It's going to be a tough. We're just lying in it. Tough pill right. for uh, Leaf fans to swallow when Strathroy, Ontario native, Easton yeah. Cowan is dominating it's also... for the silver tips in Utah. <laughs> oh, it is tough for tree living. In his first year here, to say, Tree, you got to do the big thing. Yeah. You know, like people want to come in and they want to put their toes in the yeah. water. And He came in midstream here. Like, all jokes aside, if Dubas is still the GM of the Leafs this past summer, Nylander or Marner are probably not here. Oh! I, something big had to happen after last year. It had to. And it ended up being Dubas, so all the players stayed. Mm. And then GM comes in and kind of tries to be careful. Tree's got to do something. Something big. Something big. I'm with you. Otherwise, we're going to come on here big, and go boo. Big, big. All in. <laughs> all in, baby. All in, baby. Guys, push for big trade. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Our, our thanks to Derek Englund, uh, who's teeing up the Vegas Golden Knights against the Toronto Maple Leafs, the first of two games in the next week. In the next hour, Mike Kelly, hockey analytic specialist with the network and sport logic. Yeah. Okay. We're looking forward to it. Talking MVP next. Don't go away. 